Welcome back for season two of the podcast, Meet Cute and Mistletoe. It's the most wonderful time of the year, and we're here to dish on the best of the worst Christmas romantic comedies. At least we have each other to relish in these movie monstrosities. And if we could, we would give awards for their sheer entertainment value alone. Whether you're newly checking us out or have been tuning in since season one, get ready for a wild cinematic sleigh ride. We're your hosts. I'm Lindsay. And I'm Kelly. And we've been friends for 16 years. We love all things rom-com holiday disaster, and we love a ridiculous meet-cute. The more outlandish, the better. Will the small-town girl with big-city dreams learn to make a fresh start? And will the ridiculously hot baker next door warm her heart with his baked goods? Will the tragically widowed father of five save his town and the damsel's heart before Christmas Eve, all while disguised as Santa's special elf? Will set design ever learn that less is more when it comes to excessive use of trees, bows, and wreaths for background decor? On Meet Cute and Mistletoe, we promise to get to the bottom of none of these questions and more. But we'll have a hell of a time while we're at it. So grab a warm blanket and a cup of hot cocoa and cozy up with us while we discuss this week's Meet Cute. Hey guys, Lindsay again. And I'm Kelly, and we're reunited, and it feels so, so good. COVID can't keep us down. <laughs> <laughs> this week, we're discussing Christmas Wedding Planner, your classic girl meets boy, girl finds out boy is her beloved cousin's ex, girl plans cousin's wedding, boy privately investigates cousin's fiance, boy talks girl into helping girl do some PI shit boy and girl fall in love <laughs> then boy and girl get married after knowing each other for like a week <laughs> so classic um for any old insinkers out there this could also be called the one with joey fatone <laughs> um and for new listeners who don't already know the game uh we like to play our own version of Meet Cute Bingo as we watch and discuss these movies to see how many classic holiday rom-com tropes we can spot along the way. So before we get started, we want to lay out the rules of the game. And if you want to play along and haven't already done so, you can go to our website and do- download a free bingo card. Um, we do offer it for free because we love you, Katie's. It's at meetcuteandmistletoe.com, or you can follow the links on Twitter at mcmistletoepod and all other social at Meet Cute and Mistletoe. So you can play along as you watch the movie on your own time, and we will be calling out any tropes that we noticed while we're discussing today. Um, But because no party is complete without a special treat, Kelly is going to start us off with the first snack of our season that she cooked up special to go along with this week's movie. 
To celebrate all things Mary, I made Aunt Olivia's favorite blueberry scones. These flaky, biscuity, not-too-sweet scones include a vibrant blueberry lemon glaze that adds a nice, slightly tart finish and is perfect for enjoying with your favorite cuppa, tea, or coffee, whatever you prefer. Uh, today I made a gluten-free and dairy-free version so that Lindsay and I can enjoy it because we have allergies. <laughs> <laughs> but um, there's also a non-dairy to restrictive version on our website at meetcuteandmistletoe.com. What was it that was like adding the extra? And now I know it was the lemon because mm-hmm. I am a sucker for a little bit of lemon in there so So it's that lemon glaze so okay i've got my bingo card out and auntie o's favorite blueberry scone in hand um but honestly the real treat this week is the fact that we are finally discussing christmas wedding planner because it has been long time a favorite (laughs) of mine since i first saw it I think, like, unforgettable is how I would best describe it. Yes. I don't know that I would say it's, like, a great movie, Mm. but it's, like, a absolute necessary watch. Oh, for sure. Um, Kelly, you gave such a really impressive, succinct overview to such an insanely overstuffed, overstuffed plot. I think the funniest thing to me about this movie is that it is trying to be a mystery, but it took me until, like, my third watch of it over the holidays, like, over the years, to actually even realize that it is a mystery, because I was just, like, (laughs) so busy trying to figure out, like, what is happening in this movie with the different characters and everything? Um, It's just that convoluted, but, like, with this movie, honestly... Just, like, come for Joey Fatone (laughs) and stay for literally every other insane acting performance throughout this cinematic masterpiece. And there are many, (laughs) many. Like, just, like, pick pick a character. Yeah, any. (laughs) Um, And honestly, it's such a feast. (laughs) Feast for the eyes and all the senses. (laughs) Really. Um, okay, so I'm going to try to give, like, as succinct of a of a plot understanding, too. Um, so, Act 1, we've got the setup. We meet our heroine, Kelsey, and our hero, Connor, who very awkwardly meet cute in line at a not-Starbucks, and they are vying over what apparently is the world's last and most delicious and important <laughs> blueberry scone. She needs it, apparently, to win over her overbearing aunt, who she has a very confusing and complicated relationship with mm-hmm. and who is coincidental coincidentally like her latest difficult wedding client to appease um as she's planning her cousin's big day and it's like all very confusing because yes. is this her first client or is it her most recent client like and she loves her aunt or she fears her aunt. I don't know. Um, it's not very clear. No, it's like super unclear. Like, why does she need the scone? I don't know. She's only there for the scone. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, but alas, 
Connor is unwilling to give up the last scone that he has snaked from her at any cost as he manhandles 12 coffees for a bunch of employees that we literally never ever see or hear about later in the movie. It's just like weird plot devices left and right at the very start of the movie. Completely unnecessary. I didn't even know that was... it. All those coffees were for the employees. I just thought, I was like, I don't know where he's going to take these coffees. It was only like on rewatching. Like, I was like, why does he, what is going on? Did he eat the scout? Oh, yeah. okay. Um, but we, sur- we soon learn that, like, Connor's scone was also for the ant. And he has shown up to the cousin Emily's wedding shower um, with the scone in hand to try to win brownie, or should we say scone points, Mm -hmm. with Auntie O. And the first big mystery of the movie is why. Um, He promises Kelsey he's not there to try to steal Emily, but he can't promise the wedding won't be ruined. Why? (laughs) Because he's a private investigator hired by a secret client to look into Todd, the supposedly suave and charming groom. But like... Let's let the viewing audience be the judge of whether he's suave and charming, okay? Because <laughs> yeah. I have questions yes. about that. <laughs> um, Connor suggests that Kelsey should help him with his investigation if she's so sure that Todd's as great of a guy as she thinks he is so that she can ensure that the wedding goes off without a hitch. And I just have to wonder who would ever think that a person who is single-handedly planning potentially their first ever wedding in what seems like maybe a week's time in this movie's time frame would also have the availability (laughs) to squeeze in a little private investigation. (laughs) So that's like our whole first act of the movie. And it's a lot already. It's a lot. Well, she's (laughs) way in over her head. Yeah. And it shows. And I just can't help but think about season one, episode five, uh, a Cinderella Christmas. (laughs) Okay, lay it on me. Where... Angie had, like, two employees, right, for her catering company that she was, you know, she was creating this, like, party or whatever for this dude, whatever. Uh, But here we have a woman who is actually planning a wedding, a big wedding. It's not just some random person. This is, like, your best friend, cousin's wedding. Yes. And it's her. (laughs) Just by herself. And she's doing mundane errands, like, running to a like coffee shop to get a scone yes like why isn't she <laughs> and at- showing up late to the party that she planned that's what i'm saying like why is party she, planning all these why other parties she at the actual wedding shower that she's a part of planning but she's getting a scone i don't understand it's it's very unorganized, actually. If she really had her shit together, she would have gotten the scone first thing in the morning. Yes. Then she they wouldn't she wouldn't have had the first one or the last one. She would have called ahead. She would have gotten set aside the a scone, scone. <laughs> as many scones as she wanted, right? <laughs> and then she would have gotten to her aunt's house and would have given her the scone, and then she could have planned the whole thing, and it would have been fine. Also, is her. Is her aunt that, is her relationship with her aunt that on the rocks that she needs to show up with a scone? Yeah, that's weird. (laughs) It's a very odd meet cute. I mean, you know, 
me and Lindsay's relationship is always on the rocks, so that's why I brought her a scone today, uh, just so y'all know what's going on behind the scenes. <laughs> okay, well, you know, you did win me over, so I understand the need for a scone. I get it. I get it now. I get it. I get it. Um, okay, so I have a few things, yes. talking points from this section. I've come prepared. <laughs> Okay, right off the bat, in the opening credits, can I just say, based on a Harlequin novel, (laughs) (laughs) given the setup for this plot, I feel like, what a boring, confusing Harlequin romance that would be. Like, I don't know, I've never read a Harlequin novel. I I assume that these are, like, bodice rippers. Yeah, cheesy. Yeah, like, uh, sticking... What's his name on the cover with the long, the long flowing hair? hair. Fabio. <laughs> Fabio, yeah. Fabio on the cover kind of books. Yeah, okay. I don't know. Is that what a Harlequin... That's what... I I feel like that's the concept, like the... The like concept, mis- yeah. I, right? But, I mean, I don't know. I guess I that's should... a stereotype. It is a stereotype, for sure. I guess we should do our homework <laughs> and read the book. <laughs> but, to f- play devil's advocate... A lot of people who like a lot of book adaptations, a lot of times people are like, the book is so much better than the True. movie. So we could be pleasantly surprised. True. No bodices are ripped in this movie. <laughs> there, are, there are a bunch of bodices ripped like the in the book. entire book. book is it's just, just like rip, rip, bodice, rip. bodice, bodice. <laughs> Maybe. Oh my God. Maybe. Uh, honestly, <laughs> if you're listening to this and you've happened to have read the book, I want to know. Yeah, please. Please let us know. Please let us know. Like, <laughs> tell us. Very, very curious. Um, okay, so next off, when she shows up to the wedding shower... She is wearing a piece of red ribbon around her neck as a necklace. I know. <laughs> like, very distractingly it's so. weird, right? It's, like, clearly, like, a, like, gift wrap ribbon. Yes. Uh, was it a... I don't... I was going to say craft services. That's wrong. No. An art department choice, a costume styling, costume styling. But I, I also noticed this weird thing, and I'm sure you did too, where uh, Kelsey's character is always wearing red and black, red and black, and Emily's always wearing white. Yes. And I just think it's a very confusing, like costuming setup. Like it, you know, you like you, she's like angelically white, right? And, and then, then like, the red is the, you know evil you know but she's not she's that's not why evil. it's so confusing i don't understand it i just can't i don't know that i think that that might be i think that might go down as the weirdest costume choice that i've seen in any of these movies it's very weird like it's straight up a piece of gift wrap ribbon yeah yeah around her neck yeah as a necklace i know in a big old bow it's weird <laughs> i don't understand it. you're like yes i've seen it too i see it i don't understand it um okay i just really needed to get that out off my chest <laughs> clearly <laughs> okay 
also, while I'm on the topic of the, um, of the party, she's introduced to a journalist, <laughs> and I feel like you and I can both appreciate this, yes. because the name, given our background and that we met, uh, working in magazines, the, the, the magazine that she worked, the, the journalist worked for was Weddings du jour magazine.com. <laughs> I laughed my ass off at that magazine title and that it was like online. I was like, honestly, what does is it this? exist? <laughs> I don't think so, but I did Weddings not check. Weddings du jour. Wait, Weddings du jour magazine.com. I'm checking right now. I guess I should have checked it out. No, it's not. No. A- oh, wow. Oh. It says, I hope you're enjoying your viewing of Christmas Wedding Planner. What? The best, worst Christmas, mo- Christmas movie of all time. What? Are Look you at kidding this. me? Look at this. What? What? Good on you. What? Good on you, marketing team. That is really, that was, okay, good job, guys. That was mildly entertaining. Oh, my God, what's there about me? Oh, I didn't click on it. Oh, oh, it's some rando. What is it? Oh, it is a full-on rando. What? (laughs) Hello, my name is Arman. I'm a software developer in Northern Virginia. On this page, you'll find a summary of my skills. What? Wait, did this guy just... Uh Oh, wow. So some guy just bought the website? I guess. <laughs> That's hilarious. What's up, Armon? What's up, Armon? <laughs> wow. Okay, so I thought it was the, like, movie studio was doing some very clever nope. marketing. Nope. It's just also a fan of bad Christmas movies. Armon should... <laughs> He should have his own PR company <laughs> if he doesn't already. Oh, Armand. This is amazing. <laughs> the the one consistent thing <laughs> about this movie it's, is that it makes no it sense. Makes no sense. <laughs> I wanted to bring up the barista guy. Uh, yes. What was up with him? I don't know. He's so cheery. But it was like he was on something, and I think that's also another theme in this movie, where these background <laughs> actors are... Like, they're, on something? They're all, like, taking big swings. I did appreciate, though, that he said, you know, he was he was a, a problem solver. Right. And he's like, I have scones, and I have blueberries from my lunch. Right, right. <laughs> it's like, yeah. that's sweet. It is sweet. She looked at him like he was insane. Yeah, of course. Well, yeah, <laughs> totally. If you went to... Like a Starbucks, and they didn't have what you wanted. And the guy's like, look at my Ziploc bag I've got of questionable blueberries. I would say, thank you very much. (laughs) (laughs) I will eat them right now. Uh, Yeah, yeah. Um, Especially because it's like the opener of the movie. It sets the tone, right? It completely sets the tone. I'm but not his, sure that it sets a wrong tone. I think that's to be expected for the rest of the yes, movie. That's yes. the tone we're going right. to get. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But it's a big swing. It's a big swing. But 
it's not the worst performance in this movie, I have to say. <laughs> no, it's, it's consistent with the rest of the movie. <laughs> I would... Dare I say the worst performance of the movie may be from a lead actor in the movie? <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so for the bingo section, jump in if you have anything, if you notice anything else. Um, in the credits, there's some Christmas tree decorating yes. together, like right off the bat. Um, then we have two times Kelsey does an adorably klutzy fall. Yes. Uh, one of which is right into Connor's chest. Mm-hmm. The classic meet cute of an adorable klutzy fall right mm-hmm. into the uh, hero of the movie. I'm going to go ahead and call it Unreasonable Boss is Unreasonable from both Aunt Olivia and Emily, like, sure. calling her and saying, oh, I want this. And then the other one jumping on the phone afterwards and saying, oh, I don't yeah. want this. Yeah. And her having to juggle between yeah. juggle between the two. Um, and then that kind of jumps more into a disapproving family trope with the Aunt Olivia and it's really unclear why Aunt Olivia is so disapproving. Yeah. But it just continues on throughout the movie. It's like, I love you. I just disapprove of you. Yes. <laughs> it's like it's a very, very odd. Yes. Also, um, I mean, she, the actress. Kelly Rutherford. Is Serena Vander Woodson's yes. mom yes. in uh, Gossip Girl, and she basically plays the exact same character right. in this. Right. So she could have just swapped out Kelsey for Serena in mm. all of the conversations that she had. <laughs> and I was just like, okay, so is it for all the same reasons that we love but disapprove? But it just was like that. That is the, like, archetype we're playing for some reason in this. Um, Running with the ex Mm -hmm. (laughs) for the wedding, at the wedding shower between Emily and Connor. I mean, clearly they had had one previously, which is when she invites him, or as he says, she invited me for eggnog. Yeah. Weird. Weird. Um, And then we get the dead love one trope Mm -hmm. when uh, Olivia just casually throws out, beloved Albert (laughs) has died as he's like this creepy old man picture over the shoulder. Which also I must say, like, how recently did Emily's dad die? Because she seems... Fine with it. That's what I'm saying, because it's supposed to be recent, right? Because like, real recent, like, really months? within her being engaged. Yes. Yeah. And Aunt Olivia seems pretty fine with it, too. I mean, yeah. it kind of seems like maybe they didn't have, like, the most loving relationship. Mm-hmm. I think it's talked about that they had, like, arguments, but it's never mentioned that, like, Emily didn't get along with him. Yeah. Act two. We're setting the stakes. <laughs> we meet the bride bridesmaids from hell, which I feel like we need to like TM that. <laughs> um, and honestly, as someone who I think I've been in like seven we- seven weddings, maybe mm-hmm. like what the actual fuck um, <laughs> was this movie and book written by someone who actually hates women? Yeah. 
Um, we have the jealous one, mm-hmm. the bitter one, and the clumsy one as these, like, bridesmaid archetypes. Yeah. Okay. You've been in weddings, too. Several weddings. Yeah. Are those bridesmaid archetypes? It's not a thing. I, I mean, <laughs> in my experience, and this is just my experience alone, some of the weddings, I'm not saying all of them, some of the weddings I have been in as a bridesmaid, it's like... The opposite, where the bride is the one who's, like, crazy and, you know, control freak, and then the bridesmaids are just, like, at their mercy and just trying to make this person happy. Yeah, there's, like, a uh, stereotype of, like, the bridezilla stereotype. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Which definitely was not the stereotype they were doing in this movie. Mm -hmm. It was, like... Right. Even as you said, like, she's, Emily's always in white. Like, Mm -hmm. her archetype was clearly, like, she's an angel. Sweet, yeah. So sweet, so angelic. And then, yeah, the way that they introduced these bridesmaids, it was like, oh, you know, you know these bridesmaid types. type, yeah. And it was like, literally, I've been in so many weddings, I do not know these types. But (laughs) also, it's just like, this person is very sweet, why would they ask this, like, someone who's bitter to be in their wedding and someone who is jealous jealous, and then someone who's like i mean i don't care about the clumsy it's just clumsy yeah i don't know it's just it doesn't make any sense to me at all and also like the clumsy was like mildly clumsy yes (laughs) she had cupcake icing on her fingers who doesn't i always have like frosting in my fingers (laughs) Oh, you were the clumsy one. <laughs> the clumsy one. We didn't realize we were the clumsy ones all along. <laughs> Everyone we were in a wedding with was like, you were clumsy. The clumsy one. <laughs> you were the clumsy oh one. I God. was the bitter one. <laughs> I mean, the, the actors who played these those characters, like, did a good job. I just was like, why are these... A stereotype. These aren't a stereotype. They're not. And then why is this written in in this? I just found it, like, unfunny, low-hanging fruit. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Um, so I just I just thought that was very odd. Yeah. <laughs> um, this is unfortunately also where our token diversity of the movie is. Yes. So I was also just like, okay, all of the writing... Um, for this section, like, needed to do better, and then, yeah. like, in general, the casting for this movie, like, we are talking 2017 for yes. this movie, so do better. Yeah. <laughs> We're always saying it, and I'm really, uh, haven't, we haven't read the book, but mm-hmm. I, I doubt it's, I doubt that it's saying, like, all of these people are white <laughs> in the book, right. and then it's like, you know, I have two like friends who are women of color yeah and no other people in my life yeah (laughs) but yeah um i was just like (sighs) sighing at that well yeah and it's and the thing that kind of irritate not kind of it really irritated me about this scene was the two women of color are the you know the the clumsy one has literally two lines yeah in that scene and in the entire movie Mm -hmm. and we don't hear from her ever again no and that's annoying yes that's i mean clearly it's token diversity and i mean i've i've definitely been the only woman of color in 
as a bridesmaid before. I've definitely been the token diversity before. And it does not feel good, I bet. It sucks. Yeah. No. No. Ain't cool, bitch. No. (laughs) No, no, no. Also, like, the girl who played the jealous one, I mean, well, I guess just all in all, I I think the thing that was, like, definitely rubbing me the wrong way, because I've been thinking about it, was that these characters were, like, made into stereotypes. Yes. But they were, like, fake weird stereotypes that I didn't recognize Mm -hmm. as someone having been in a bunch of weddings. Um... And the fact that they were, like, the token diversity of the movie. Like, the only people of color in this movie. In the entire movie. In the entire movie. And then that they were, that they were literally labeled in the movie as, like, you're the clumsy one, you're the jealous one. Mm -hmm. Like, the girl who played the jealous one had a lot of lines. Yes. Especially comparative to the other the clumsy one yes. or to like other lesser characters yes. um and so she did a great job mm-hmm. of delivering her Absolutely. lines and I playing like, her i i liked the actress yeah, yeah yeah um also like both of them were gorgeous yes um and the girl who played the bitter one also played bitter very well yes very weird stereotype yes. but <laughs> yeah um but i was just like um the fact that 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 is that is what tokenization is yes. <laughs> is when you are like putting these stereotypes upon someone and that and the fact that it's also then like you are only you are the only people of color in this movie mm-hmm. and then you're also saying like you are only this label and you will you are reduced to just these certain like characteristics i was just like oh bad look it's bad sad. look on this movie this section um uh you know where where the friends are all getting together is also where we learn the backstory of Emily and Connor's prior relationship yes. like before they were exes um and so like yet again i found myself <laughs> thoroughly confused even on my like i don't know umpteenth repeat viewing so i was like okay wait so kelsey is tight with her aunt and cousin. Yes. Like, this has been established. Yes. Like, adopted into the family tight. Yes. So, how is it that she has never met or knew the details about the guy that Emily met over spring break and then moved in with mm. and then almost dropped out of college for mm-hmm. before he unexpectedly, like, split on literal Christmas. Yes. <laughs> and left her completely brokenhearted. I was like, wait, how did she not know these details or never met him? Yeah. Doesn't make any sense. Was this the year that she was in a coma? Well, it just, <laughs> I think it would have made more sense if, like, she had acknowledged that she had heard about the guy. You know, like, oh, that's, that's Connor. Yeah, that's that the one sounds- you left. That yeah. sounds more realistic as opposed to her just being like, I've never heard of this guy before. Like, who is this guy? I've never seen this picture. You know, it just yes. doesn't make any sense. And I don't understand that. I think they were just too busy trying to give an in for us viewers <laughs> to learn the information. Yes. Like, like they wrote- she's surprised. We're surprised. <laughs> Big reveal. But... I was just confused. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like, I I guess they're not expecting us to actually think 
while watching this movie. <laughs> That's all I was doing was thinking. Um, so after, you know, all of these shenanigans in this <laughs> section of the movie, Kelsey finally agrees to help Connor investigate Todd after she start seeing the groom doing what seems to her to be some suspicious behavior. Um, which is what finally brings us face to face with InSync's very own <laughs> Joey Fatone. Um, cause you know, from the moment I saw him in the credits, I was like, yes. where is he yes. in this movie? Ready. We're ready, Joey. <laughs> so AKA George, Connor's Italian restaurant business partner. So if you're wondering what is life <laughs> in your late forties after being in a boy band, the answer is this movie. <laughs> <laughs> he retired. <laughs> now he's a chef restaurateur. Uh, Kelly, <laughs> in this section of the movie, a good portion of it takes place at a wedding dress shop. Oh yeah. Would you please describe the wedding dress for us? Because after all of last season, (laughs) this is your forte. (laughs) Um, yes. (laughs) Oh, hello, 1999-2000. What? I... That shrug. That shrug. (laughs) Also a reminder, this movie... 2017. 2017, everybody. <laughs> Not 1999. Yeah. I wore a shrug for my prom when I was, you know, 17 yeah. years yeah, old. Yeah, yeah. Many years. In 2000. Yeah. We're, you know, yeah. there you go. That's in how old I am. 2000. Um, and it was a shrug. <laughs> but. We made choices. We made, we made choices. But this, <laughs> this shrug that she's wearing, it's like a faux faux. Fur, yeah. and it kind of has like a wing like yes life of its own and then the hem is it's just it's it's higher up in the front it's like a you know it's a party up front and then more business in the back <laughs> it's a mullet it's a mullet dress, dress opposite <laughs> mullet dress and then and then the material is like a white silver jacquard Right? Yeah. And so, I mean, she's a gorgeous woman, right? Absolutely. Emily is gorgeous. Emily's gorgeous. And, but it's unfortunate because this dress makes her look like she's wearing grandmother's antique drapes. Yeah. Also, they poo poo the like f- passed down in the family for yeah. years wedding dress, which seemed. I thought that dress was very beautiful. Yeah. I was and like, very classy. What's wrong with this dress? And then when they are like, because this is the dress. I was like, oh, uh, sorry, what? Sorry, what? And it's called the Stevenson dress, oh, the by Stevenson the way. the Stevenson dress. And uh, according to Kelsey, this dress is supposed to, quote, cost more than my home. Oh, God. <laughs> I'm like, is that real fur then? Because... <laughs> <laughs> the band around the waist is maybe like oh, all diamonds. The embellishments. It's very early two thousands. Like that look. It's like it was that dress was stored away yeah. in someone's costuming department box, and they unearthed it, and they were like, "This, we're bringing this back. This we're and it back. the the red ribbon." <laughs> 
<laughs> necklace. <laughs> I'm very confused about the fashion choices. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay. We also get to meet Charles the Baker. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, come for Joey Fatone in this movie. Stay for Charles the Baker. <laughs> What is happening? <laughs> that was when I knew this was the best Christmas movie yeah. ever. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> oh, man. He's like the best baker in town, but he bakes out of his living room. <laughs> his own kitchen. His own kitchen. Um, the girl picks up her her cookies her like one tin of cookies oh every god. morning at his house oh my god i <laughs> as a professional baker kel please go off i okay i don't understand this character <laughs> because every single chef and baker that i've ever worked with yeah. has been very eccentric and yeah. very very and that's that's just like that's just how it is. Yeah. Like, you know, you gain a lot it of attracts. confidence yeah. when you're really good at what you do. And oh, he um, was zero confidence. And he had this just like really weird nervous energy. Yeah. And it was very over the top, yeah. which I didn't understand. And it was almost as if like he was acting in a movie for toddlers. <laughs> <laughs> I would watch that movie. Yes. <laughs> this Christmas. Meet Charles, the pastry chef, <laughs> in a very Blue's Clues Christmas. <laughs> Can you help me find the lemons? <laughs> <laughs> the way he's like, don't touch the sifter. He freaks out. It's such weird energy it's it's so it's so weird i've never in my professional cooking life have ever met somebody who's had that kind of energy before so clearly this guy was just doing his own thing the actor was doing his own thing yeah and created this character that's yeah. just literally i have not to know if realistic. he's in the book <laughs> Unless it's in the book. Yeah, I guess if, if this is how the character is in the book, then I mean, good job. Um, but, okay, FYI, you do not have to sift flour and baking soda separately. Oh, okay, so that was made up. That's not a thing. I wonder if that was an ad lib from the actor uh, who, who played knows? Charles. He's like, this is brilliant. Yeah, you don't have to <laughs> sift them separately. The idea of sifting something is so there's no clumps and that everything is distributed evenly when you're doing the batter. So it doesn't make sense. Like, I just, I, I was like, what? <laughs> the more you know. <laughs> My mind, my cooking mind. I'm like, what is happening? Thanks, Cal. Learning so much. <laughs> oh. Okay, the bride is personally baking gingerbread cookies for each of the guests who are coming to her wedding. Yeah. The bride is yeah. personally making gingerbread. You probably would do that, wouldn't you? 
I probably would, but I, I, my brain broke when I heard her say that. Well, someone who like, doesn't who know would... first, like if someone is professionally trained and like yeah, you know, or like not or has worked in kitchens and that was like a personal touch they joy, wanted to do. Brings them joy, right? But like she's like, what's a gingerbread? She cookie? has no idea how to cook, <laughs> and she's gonna do this for her wedding. And I'm like, wow, that's ambitious. That is ambitious. <laughs> Why is Joey Fatone in this movie? For the star factor. Like, he was a big get for them? I? I would think so. I mean, that's what, like, I was like, oh, I want to watch this movie because Joey Fatone is in this. Oh, uh, for sure, yes. I understand why they're happy to get him. Why is Joey Fatone doing this movie? Because he's he wants to act. <laughs> And he's like, you'll, you'll put me in your movie? <laughs> I'll sign me up. But he plays like a restaurateur. And I he... mean, he's not bad. I'd no. say he's on, he's on the the better side of the, the yeah. acting. For sure. He's definitely doing some big swing swings. <laughs> <laughs> but who... Who among us in this movie isn't? I would say, like, the the most, like, underacted in the movie, the most, like, understated acting is co- coming from Kelly Rutherford. Yes, yes. Which is not a surprise. Yeah. Like, she's a genuinely good actress. Oh, for sure. She's great. Um, she's great in everything that she does that I've seen. Questioning why she did this movie. Star. I think they gave her a lot of money and said, just play Serena's mom. Okay, any any, I any have, additional stuff? I have please. things to say about Joey's please, character. Please. Because, you know, I always have something to say when it comes to cooking stuff. Um, I timed... <laughs> oh, the lobster? <laughs> the lobster fire time. <laughs> it's insane. <laughs> please, thank you. Okay, so I was like, I've never ordered lobster, but it can't be that fast. From the second that he walked away with the order, so they ordered a whole lobster and a pasta arrabbiata, uh-huh. he walks away for a total of one minute and 21 seconds. <laughs> That's amazing. I'm so glad you did that. One minute, 21 seconds, ladies and gentlemen. It's cold lobster. Oh my God. Okay, first of all. No wonder Connor wanted to fund his restaurant. It's <laughs> a cooking machine. Because <laughs> who can do that in a minute and a half? He's like, you get a lobster, you get a lobster, you get a He's lobster. He's like, oh yeah, I got this. <laughs> oh my god. He I does it all. He's like, it. I own the shop. I cook. I'm your server. I do everything. They could have, like, more realistically, like, had the order placed in the beginning of the scene it's so many things people aren't thinking man this is why i don't understand why like these movie studios don't hire well not all i mean a lot of movie studios hire consult professional cooking consultants but like a lot of some of these movies don't and i it just christmas wedding planner is not it's (laughs) not realistic it's just like you want people to laugh at this scene you want people to laugh? I, I'm sure they did, but I bet they weren't thinking <laughs> not, they were going to laugh scene. at that. Yeah. Yeah. Whoa! I got <laughs> a lobster in a minute and a half. 
<laughs> I know it could have been something like, what's your special? Like, you know, what what smells so good back there? And then he could have said, oh, we've got... Well, yeah, I guess the pasta. Maybe he was already cooking the pasta. Well, he was definitely cooking the pasta. Because she says, I'll have whatever it is that's cooking back there. But, there's but it could have no been, like, some sort of seafood. There's and no then she could have said, I'll get him the, lo- the, the seafood. Right. And it still could have been him saying, yeah. oh, I can't eat that. Right, 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 oh, right, it'll right. kill me. Blah, blah, blah. They could have still had the same joke yeah. of, I, you know, she ordered him something that he can't eat mm-hmm. and they trade it. They went, they went, they took a big swing. It was a swing. Well, for bingo in this section, I, I feel like it was, it was really actually quite minimal. Yes. Only thing I had was baking. Yeah. That's it. But it was a big one because we got Charles. This is a great act, (laughs) y'all. It's a really good act. Um, so act three got the stakeout. Mm -hmm. This is where, um, the PI team, they team up. And it begins first at some Christmas tree lighting party that she also has planned. Uh, I don't understand has, all the parties that she has going she leading up to really this wedding. She really busy. Yes. <laughs> so busy. So busy. Too busy to go get scones and pe- become a PI on the side. No, wait. She's doing all of those things. She's doing all the things. Um. So this is at Todd's parents' house, where Connor pretends to be Kelsey's boyfriend to mm-hmm. sneak a peek at Todd's dad's private computer finances, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. it's very, very weird and confusing. Um, but cover-up, make-out hijinks ensue, of yeah. course, like you knew they would. <laughs> I feel like the second they said that this is what was, you know, where yeah. the scene was going, I was like, oh, okay. Yeah. I know where this is heading. Um, I didn't know, however, that Todd's dad would walk in and be such a creeper. Oh, yeah. Like, <laughs> oh, I'll let you guys have at it. <laughs> yeah. Move that way. I've got the secret camera. Yeah. It's like... Really gross. We're good. But... That kiss was so, like, where is the fire? There was no magnetism. No magnetism. It was not hot. No, not hot. Very not hot. I, mm, Very not yeah. hot. <laughs> it was definitely a, a mashing of faces. Yes. Which, <clears throat> I guess, it's a very startling, quick, let's just pretend, but... It definitely wasn't one of those quick, let's just pretend that, oh, turned into something. Yeah. Which I think is what they were trying to imply, but yeah. it didn't look like <clears throat> it. Um, so after that, they start tailing Todd around town in a van. Um, and <laughs> just also just like tailing Todd around town. <laughs> <laughs> that alliteration, Lindsay. <laughs> I'm impressed. Writer, editor, thank you very much. Uh, uh, they're watching him doing what seems to be just like one polite and charitable act after another. But even that is like the most mundane. Like yeah. he throws like a little money into like a a grifter's like a or I guess that's not the right word a a street performers mm-hmm. uh, like 
can. <laughs> a street performer throws money into a street performer's, like, purse. And then he goes and, like, helps an old lady just, like, carry her stuff down. Yeah. And then he's like, hi doodly doodly <laughs> Goodbye. Also... Straight up, he is, like, wearing a woman's trench coat in that scene. (laughs) (laughs) It is such a... It just felt like that episode of of New Girl where where Nick gets oh he like, likes well, the, jacket. the neighbors the yes. neighbors trench coat oh my god and he's like it fits like a damn glove yeah, yeah. oh yeah it's so good <laughs> that's like the whole time he that yes. Todd is in that that trench coat I'm like this is a, that is a woman's trench yeah. coat Todd I was very distracted by the montage music oh my god this is one of those movies where there's music punctuating every single moment of every single scene it's like they are afraid to have silence um so it finally ends the stakeout finally ends at a romantic restaurant where todd seemingly meets up with the girl that he hit on that like this girl that he hit on at the wedding dress shop only to reveal that she's actually an old friend who is hooking him up with a deal on surprising Emily with the dress and Todd it appears is perfect after all but apparently not so perfect mm-hmm. is Connor and Kelsey's PI skills. Mm-hmm. Not only are they wrong about following Todd on his dinner plans, but Connor also calls Kelsey out when he thinks that she's been texting a boyfriend all along, mm. only to learn she's actually been sending messages to her dun 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 dead mom. <laughs> Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was like, oh, I saw this coming a mile away. Mm-hmm. Um, whose phone plan that she still pays to continue to feel close to her. And that, my friends, is what we call manufactured intimacy. I was like, this is a, a lot of ridiculous plot twists. <laughs> like, one after another. I was just like, this is... It just felt it just felt weird. It felt like one thing after another where it was like like texting the mom is yeah. like a sweet thing, yeah. but the way that he's like, "Oh, you have a boyfriend." Uh, and she's like, "No, it's my dead mom." Like I just Right. Yeah, the way that all of that, that came so up. That is really that's like you're telling essentially a stranger a really deep a really, really deep thing. Like, my mother died, you know, a couple years ago. I still send her text messages. Yeah. They make me feel very close to her. Yeah. Like, my delivery right now, so much better than the actors. I'm sorry. It's just, there was no, like, connection to that. It just didn't, it didn't jive with me. Well, no. I mean, honestly, it's like just you're throwing like emotional grenades mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and seeing like how they land. Yeah. Basically. I was just like, Duh, I don't like, I don't like this as Cringe. a plot device to yeah. try to like push them together. Yeah. Like him feel sorry for her. Right. And so then 
It's like attraction plus feeling sorry. Right. And then they immediately go into flirting with each other. It's weird. It's awkward. Not not believable. Yeah. Um, So... Um, we close out this portion of the movie getting our first real glimpse of, dare I say, the real Todd, as well as the acting chops on Eric Hicks, who plays Todd Brannigan, and it is a real treat. (laughs) The pregnant pauses, the longing looks... I I think he's going for piercing stares and pithy remarks, but it comes across as robotic and awkwardly timed. Honestly, like, I can't look away. I always re- rewind it whenever he's on the screen. Yes. He is magnetizing. <laughs> <laughs> I think he might be one of my favorite actors of all time. <laughs> Eric Hicks. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, you definitely can't keep your eyes off of him because I want to know what he's going to do next. Um, I have a lot to say about this section. Do you want to go first? Sure. Um, I Well, just going back to that, just talking about um, us finding out the reveal is that Todd and Michelle, the boutique owner, yeah. are having a dinner together at Michelle's husband's restaurant yes. because Todd is treating her out for a night because she's giving him a really great deal on the dress that Todd is buying for his fiance Emily. Yeah. And that just doesn't make any sense to me at all. Like, why would you as a person take out somebody for dinner at the woman's husband's restaurant. That's a really good point. Where she literally probably eats for free already. <laughs> All of the like, time. Like, how is that a treat? Yeah. <laughs> it's not a treat. It's not a treat. This is a very good point. That doesn't make any sense to me. Yeah. I'm like, oh, they're just trying to be, like, sneaky sneaky. Like, oh, look, it's yeah, that's my husband's restaurant. <laughs> it's totally fine. Um, but that didn't make any sense. But I do like the scene with the with the server yes and yes because the world's biggest was, candle opera oh my gosh that was great <laughs> the like fake <laughs> like let's get these guys in a dark room together um and if you mean in a bright room together right. yeah i guess <laughs> the firing fire the i don't know um but the server <laughs> I timed this also. Okay. <laughs> so he goes and grabs two glasses of Shiraz. Also, wait, first, were they not going to order anything? I think, yeah, I think they were just He kind talking. of pushes them to, like, yeah, because they were let just me get you drinks. Out. Like, yeah. they're like, no, 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 thank you. They're just watching. Yeah. Yeah. So weird. Okay. Yeah. So weird. So two glasses um, of Shiraz. So he goes to go grab the two glasses of Shiraz, and I was like, how long does this take in this world? <laughs> universe where it takes a minute and a half to fire a lobster it took the server one minute and 47 seconds <laughs> to pour two glasses oh of my. wine so here we go folks yes. 27 seconds more <laughs> to pour wine versus firing a fucking lobster <laughs> well you have to let the wine breathe <laughs> 
were, he was decanting it. Yes, exactly. Okay. There you go. Oh, I love it. I love it. Also, I'm living for that server. Like, he did big swings. I could have watched him. Oh, all. he was great. Also, is it just me or... Like, did that server do kind of like a casual nod to like a back of the house chef yes. when he said something about forbidden relationships at work? Because I want a side spinoff yes. movie about his forbidden relationship with that chef. Yeah, that was so much. I was like, I want to watch that yeah. movie. Yeah, I want. I want more of that guy on our on our yes. screen because yes. he was magnetizing. Oh, for sure. <laughs> okay, I have two other things. Okay. Okay. Her bedroom decor. Oh, God. <laughs> there is this, like, pine cone light monstrosity yeah. happening on the wall. I don't know if you noticed it. Oh. <laughs> it's shining bright like a diamond. I do not understand set design in this movie. <laughs> because there are a lot of things going on. Yes. But her bedroom, it's... It's a hot mess, but that pine cone, like, is it for the time of year? I just had so many questions, but it was, it's just distracting. Oh, and yeah. every time she's in her room, bright. the the lights are bright. And why are the pine, why, why are the pine cones? She's very into Christmas. <laughs> I guess. It's a good thing that her first first wedding <laughs> is at Christmas that she's planning. Um, which also leads me to the second thing, that um, she's not using Pinterest to plan this wedding. She's yeah. using a literal pin board, which was the other thing that I was just like, good lord yeah. girl, because you are literal days away from the wedding, yeah. and you are still swapping things out on your pin board. Right. Like, I don't understand how there are still things that you're trying to decide on. Bingo. Here's what I've got. Wise Sage imparts advice with Aunt Olivia mm -hmm. doing like a sit down combo with Kelsey about indulging sweet tooths, mm. which made me shudder. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> Talking to her about like Connor. Yeah. <laughs> um, charitable act question mark but when they're talking they literally call it a charitable act mm. so like Todd giving money to the street musicians yeah one of whom is dressed in a Santa suit there you go so we got another one uh would you call those carol singers I guess okay I guess maybe we can be charitable they're singing yeah um Falling in love montage. Of course. With that car stakeout. Oh, out, yeah. With that their song. Dancing. The dancing. Oh, my God, that song. Um, tragic backstory. Right. With Kelsey's dead mom monologue. Mm -hmm. And then also terminal illness, because mm -hmm. she said, my, so my mom was sick for a while. Yeah, yeah. We don't know with what. I guess they didn't want to say the C word. Right. Cancer. <laughs> that C word. The other one. Oh, God. <laughs> Thank you for clarifying. <laughs> oh, my God. Okay, so our last act, the shakeup. Todd appears perfect and has agreed not to say anything about the whole, 
oops, I accused you of cheating on my cousin days before the wedding that I've planned for you thing. Mm -hmm. Um, And Aunt Olivia has yet another heart-to-heart with Kelsey about how she can tell that she's legitimately falling for Connor. And, you know, just be careful because it turns out that Connor took a buyout from Uncle Albert (laughs) years ago to leave Emily alone. And, again, just before Al died to get money again, which is yet another mystery plot Oh, yeah. No wonder I wasn't paying attention to all of that before. (laughs) Um, Kelsey confronts Connor as he tries to explain that he thought he was getting a loan to help his good pal Joey Fatone. And then he got played by Uncle Al, basically. Mm -hmm. Like, I thought that I was going to be able to, you know, still, yeah, Mm -hmm. be back in Kelsey's life. um, Or be back in Emily's life. Mm -hmm. But when Kelsey asks about the most recent check that he got from Al, Connor basically goes silent and has no explanation. So she takes off and leaves him devastated, which leads us to the big wedding. And it's Christmas trees galore. (laughs) Like, honestly, all she had to plan for this wedding was white and Christmas. Yes. Easiest ever. Just as it seems, the wedding is going to go off without a hitch. (laughs) Connor bursts in <laughs> to clearing that music. <laughs> like the best <laughs> it's five minutes ever of, of any television. Oh, so good. Uh, he's declaring, wait, meet Veronica the maid. Knocked up by one Todd Brannigan. <laughs> Sleazy groom after all. The most highly entertaining five minutes of <sighs> cinematic magic that has ever taken place. And dare I say ever will take place. Yes. I've never seen anything it's better. It's so good. I rewind and watch this anytime I've had having a bad day. It's definitely the climax <laughs> of the movie. <laughs> I was getting off on it. <laughs> okay, so oh my god. Um Todd is like trying to get his dad to help him deflect. So many things happen all mm-hmm. at once. Todd's trying to get his dad to help him deflect. Aunt Olivia calls both of them on their bullshit, Mm -hmm. which I love. Emily takes off Mm -hmm. once she, like, realizes this is, there's actually truth to this. Yeah. And Todd delivers the most robotic (laughs) declaration ever known to man. Then he tosses his wide silver paisley tie over his shoulder in a huff and please remember that this movie was costumed in 2017 not the year 2000 Mm -hmm. but now i'm having questions maybe this was set in the year 2000 i'm saying because i saw i saw those at prom yes (laughs) but before he can charge after connor to fight him aunt olivia tosses a foot and trips him down the aisle (laughs) it is cinematic gold it's good um, okay, so Emily and, or, you know, Kelsey runs after Emily outside, and they have a heart-to-heart where it seems like Emily is, like, fine. Mm-hmm. She's, like, surprisingly okay with the yeah. fact that her wedding just fell apart, and her, like, future plans have been shattered. I think for a character who is meant to be, like, perceived as very sweet and yes. caring, um, like, clearly they don't, they didn't do anything to make her appear that she gave a shit. Uh, she had no depth to her. There is absolutely no depth to this character. And, like, her fiancé literally had been cheating on her, 
and he got the maid knocked up and she got humiliated in front of her entire family and friends broken hearted and you don't see a tear in this woman's eye she is just like fine like oh that's okay i mean i'm sad that's fine. I'm I just sad I can't have kids and name one after you, Kelsey. There's, like, no depth to this character. <laughs> and I'm just, like, how this is... It's so out of touch of how, like, a real woman or person would act in that situation. <laughs> but it also just was, like, literally, was this written by someone who hates women? Yeah. <laughs> like, do you not understand? Or do understand. <laughs> yeah. Like, oh, my God. Oh, my gosh. Um, Connor, like, comes outside, which I was like, oh, he, like cares about Emily. No, he degaff. He came oh out to check on Kelsey. <laughs> no one cares Jeez. about Emily. Um and like Kelsey's I mean Emily's like, I'll let I'll like leave you two alone, basically. <laughs> everything's about Kelsey so in this movie. Awkward. Um so that's where he breaks the last plot twist of the movie and it was actually Uncle Albert who was his PI client. On his deathbed, he wanted to make sure that his daughter was marrying someone good. Um, So apparently we're just going to sidestep the (laughs) bright red flag that is the fact that that father was, like, uber controlling Mm -hmm. using his money to fuck with his daughter's personal romantic life, Mm -hmm. (laughs) for better or worse. Like, first with Connor, and years before, and then, like, on his way out with, like, her fiancé, like... With Connor, he was clearly wrong. And then with Todd, he was clearly right. But he's, like, still doing it, like, 15 years later or whatever. Mm. I was just like, hmm, what a weird uh, side note to throw in there. Like, oh, that's just Uncle Albert being Uncle Albert. Mm. (laughs) Um, And then inexplicably after, like, I don't know, Literally, how long has is, has this movie taken place over, like, five days, two weeks? Not even a month. It's clearly <laughs> less than a month. Yeah, it's sure. definitely, like, after Thanksgiving is when yeah. this movie has started. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, Connor declares to Kelsey that he loves her <laughs> and he wants to marry her. <laughs> and she insanely says yes. What is... I like the part how he goes... Like, whether they're like, oh, we have to go tell all the guests. She uh, Like, that's the thing. It's like, she's so upset that, you know, the the wedding that she was planning yes. was uh, ruined. It's it ruined. was all about me, Kelsey. She's like, me, me, me. it's the best and worst day of my, my life. life. And it's just like, literally, your cousin just got... No, it's definitely the worst day of your cousin's life. If, yeah. And, and it's not and about she, you, bitch. And she's like, it's okay. I'll go tell them. Yeah. Because <laughs> he's like, no, no. I'll like, do it. It's my, I'm the wedding planner. I'm the wedding I'll plan. do it. But then I like how Connor goes, maybe we should just ask them to stay. <laughs> and then he just goes down in one knee. And I was cackling. Cackling. Oh my god. Do you think that any of those actors were like, are you fucking kidding me? Absolutely. <laughs> they were thinking that. You're not telling me Stephen Huzar was like, this is fucking great. You know he was just like trying, like every inch of his acting body was like, don't fucking laugh when I go down. Don't laugh right now, Stephen. 
Aunt Olivia apologizes for horribly misjudging Connor, and both she and Emily stand beaming mm-hmm. while Connor and Kelsey hijack the wedding for themselves. And somehow Emily's face isn't streaming tears so weird. as we roll credits on the insane ride of a holiday rom com so that is weird. Christmas Wedding Planner. Um, so so many things, so many things. Mm-hmm. First of all, where is Joey Fatone for the wedding? Yeah, he w- he was catering it, so he's presumably th- he's unquote, in the building. There. He's yeah. in the building. He's in the building. He needs to be standing next to Connor. Yeah, because to be he's the best, the best man. man. Okay, the entire wedding interruption and confrontation <laughs> scene is pure comedy perfection. Yes. I think I've rewound and replayed it at least ten times. Just oh, it's in the last like it's week. so good. Just like <laughs> literally, like watch it, rewind it, and just focus on one character. Yes, yes. Okay, and then rewind it, and then look at another character. Okay, the best man in the officiant. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> The best man gives great eyebrow. Yes. It was serious side eyebrow the entire time. And when and when we learn that Veronica the maid is pregnant, the officiant does like a oh why. <laughs> Honestly, the person who gives the least reaction in that scene yeah. is Kelsey. <laughs> Right. <laughs> it's like, come on, girl. This is your moment to be like, are you fucking kidding me, Dodd? <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yeah, that, the acting was over the top and so entertaining. Uh, but then as as she goes, as Emily goes to leave and he's like, Emily, Emily, Emily. He's like, no, we can't. Don't, don't let this affect us. Emily, Emily, Emily. <laughs> <laughs> Wouldn't you be like, Emily, no! (laughs) I want to know what went through his brain that he is like, Emily, Emily. (laughs) He like got got stuck on a loop. (laughs) It was like very Howard Hughes. So he was just like repeating the same line over and over again. Oh, it's so good. It's so good. Also, before right before that, when he's like, Dad. <laughs> yeah, his face. It's very, like, constipation. Like, it was giving me a lot of constipation oh, vibes. Like, I could, a clenched, uh, I could like, walk in, jaw. I could watch him act all day. Oh, it is. Yeah, he's great. <laughs> I was entertained for sure. Everyone in this movie is hilarious in their own way. Yes. I feel like maybe Aunt Olivia's character is probably the least funniest, but yes. she was also like the most talented and like believable yes. performance actress yes. portrayal in this movie. Yeah. So of course, you know, like not funny because she's actually doing her <laughs> she's, job. She's because she's acting. Yeah, she's acting. <laughs> Everything else. So funny. <laughs> Everyone, kudos. Everybody, good job. <laughs> Uh, bingo? Shall yes. we go go on to bingo? Oh, yeah. Okay. My favorite, I think my favorite of all the bingo things in this movie is that the declaration of love that happens in this movie happens between Connor and Joey Fatone in that he <laughs> is declaring his love for Kelsey as Joey 
he Connor's like, you're gonna make me say it, man. And Joey's like, oh, I'm gonna make you say it. And then he and then he delivers what is, I guess, maybe my third favorite line of the movie after <laughs> Emily, 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 and Dad. <laughs> In which he says, I feel like I'm a kid at Christmas time. <laughs> She's amazing. She's amazing. I feel like I'm a kid at Christmas time. Who says that? Oh my God. Connor is submitting. Ooh. I don't know when he fell for Kelsey, but he fell for her. And apparently, apparently in a big way. He loves her. <laughs> Enough to learn all the things about her the rest of his life. He doesn't care that he doesn't know anything about her. That he thought she was dating someone mere two days ago. <sighs> hmm. I'm the holiday breakup. I'm going to say the two of them take place in this movie. Mm-hmm. Between, mm-hmm. obviously, Emily and Todd. Yes. Also, Kelsey and Connor. Because just as, like, they're starting to become a thing, she, like, ditches him. Or would you say just Emily and Todd? I would say Emily and Todd. Because yeah. it's like they weren't even really dating. Yeah. They were just, Alrighty. like... Flirting. Yeah. Alrighty. Would we call that flirting? No. <laughs> but really badly. World, but in this world, that's what flirting is. Yeah. Uh, wedding. There's obviously a wedding yes. that takes place. There's an almost wedding and then an actual wedding. Mm-hmm. Uh, love triangle gets complicated oh, yeah. when, you know, Veronica, the Brannigan's maid, shows up, pregnant with Todd's baby, um, <laughs> jilted at the altar, mm. Emily, 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 <laughs> kiss in the snow. Oh, yes. We get that kiss in the snow. We get a holiday proposal. Yes, we do. Lest we forget. Damn straight. And I f- what I faltered on this, but with the voiceover that happened, I feel like we get someone learns a lesson. I'm not really sure what the lesson was, mm-hmm. but yeah, like someone learned something. What I, I feel like my center square mm-hmm. is that whole wedding scene yes. and the Emily, Absolutely. Emily, Emily. Absolutely. All right, cool. I'm glad we're in agreement. Yes. <laughs> I was just like, there's literally nothing else for me in this movie. <laughs> Um, the best center square. Yes, please. Okay, so in the scene where Kelsey and Emily go to Charles' kitchen to learn how to make gingerbread cookies, yes. right? And she's telling Charles, okay, like, you know, you, you need to distract her, you know, like, I need to go look at her book and yeah. I'll see what Todd wrote in it, blah, 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 blah. So, like, she cuts the ribbon, right? Yes. And is like, and then Todd freaks out. He runs over to the ribbon, furiously trying to put it together. He He's like, ten minutes will not be enough I, time. But this is, that's where it happens. And I don't know if you caught this. You didn't, because you would have mentioned it. He taps his wrist. He looks at his wrist like he's looking at a wristwatch. (laughs) Taps it twice and says, she's going to be here in 10 minutes. That's not enough time. Literally looks at his bare wrist. There's no watch there. And, like, this, the, like, angle of where the camera is, you can totally see his wrist. It's not like they That's tried amazing. to hide it. It was like, okay, is this the rehearsal <laughs> that you just, just threw in there and didn't think that we weren't going to see that? Oh, my gosh. He's just tapping his wrist. What? 
I love. You're not gonna unsee that now. You have to rewind it. I have to rewind it. Also, in that same scene, Emily like scratches at her nose and the first one of the times I was rewatching, I was like did she just pick her nose and oh. rewind and I was like okay I guess she scratched it but also I was like mm, do another take like was that their best take that's what I'm saying was that the best take was the dress <laughs> rehearsal or just I, I feel like he was just he was ad-libbing he was riffing yeah was but a, like yeah <laughs> A mime. (laughs) Like, look at your phone. You know what I mean? Like, pull up your phone from your back pocket, because we know he has a phone in his back pocket. Yeah, or like uh, the, you know, the the clock on the wall. Right. Oh my god, it was so good. It was so good. It was amazing. I love it. (laughs) I love it so much. Charles. I love you for I know. Charles. He needs his own (laughs) spinoff. I would watch it so hardcore. Cal, I want to know all the things you learned about this movie. So, Stephen Huzar, who plays Connor, has appeared in at least (laughs) 10 Christmas TV movies. He's the Kevin Bacon of Christmas movies. I mean, 12 Men of Christmas, which sounds really good just by the title itself. Yes. Uh, Magical Christmas Ornaments. I think that... Oh, I mean, I need to watch that. But 12 Men of Christmas, I think that that is a Kristen Chenna with one. Okay, well, Sorry. we gotta look yeah. it up. Anyways, should... yeah. 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 Magical Christmas ornaments. Magical Christmas ornaments. And a time for us to come home for Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> Did we run out of Christmas movie titles? I want to see all of those movies. A time for us to come home for Christmas. And honestly, who knows? Tap our wrists. Yes, this is the time. <laughs> the that time Charles is now. Was waiting. Uh, yeah, maybe a future episode of this podcast, <laughs> you will. We will see Stu- Stephen again. I f- I feel like We're it's not only, done with him. Yeah, I feel like it's only a matter of time. Yeah, <laughs> a matter of time. <laughs> <laughs> the actor who plays Charles. Charles, give it to me. Is credited as. Taylor David, but he's also apparently known as David Jack. Okay. And Jack Greystone. What? So he has multiple names on IMDb. Okay. And he is... Wait, we need to get a PI on this. (laughs) PI on Taylor David, David Jack, Jack Greystone. Uh, He's also credited... Taylor David Jack Greystone. (laughs) It's a lot. There's a lot there. Um, <laughs> he's credited as playing Stavros, uh, who's Al- Alexis's boyfriend or ex-boyfriend in yes! Shit's Creek. Yes, so Stavros. You Stavros. So she talks about him yes! all the time. We never see Stavros. She's like, oh, he's gonna come pick me up on his plane. He never shows up. Yeah, Greek island guy. Right, yeah. So in the season, it was a season four flashback Christmas episode. Um. We actually see Stavros. There's like he has no lines, but like you can see him standing, re- like looking at his phone, and Alexis is next to him, and he's this like you know gorgeous you know Greek god looking guy with like beautiful hair, and that's so he was Charles. Cast, he was cast for his hair. Yes. Do you think he tried to ad lib, and they were like they cut out his lines? <laughs> 
Well, he like, was like, I gotta go, Alexis. Oh my gosh. The, the man has wrist. gorgeous hair. He really does. Kelly, would you recommend this movie? Yes. For the sheer <laughs> fact that nothing in this movie makes sense. Nothing. Nothing makes sense. Nothing so makes that's why sense. it's just like, you're gonna literally be like thinking about it. It's gonna be one of those movies. It's like, you know, when it you watch like you. the Sixth Sense yeah. and then you like left. And then you thought about it, and you were trying to think of, like, oh, Bruce Willis was dead the entire time. Like, this is that movie. This is a this Christmas is the holiday TV version of this. And literally nothing makes sense about this movie. And what, what I love, the best thing about it is, like, literally we have critiqued so far, like, the most insane movies, including a movie about an advent calendar that was possessed by a ghost that foretold the future. And that made sense. <laughs> that made sense. That made, that made coherent sense. <laughs> and this is based on a book. Yeah. I mean, obviously you recommend it. Obviously. Obviously. It's, it's It is really entertaining, you guys. If you haven't seen it, please watch. Do yourself a favor. Netflix. Netflix. It's, it's in the U.S. It's on Netflix. Yeah, right now. And <laughs> right now in the last, like, four years. Yes. So hopefully it, it never leaves. been on there a long time. <laughs> hopefully it yeah. never leaves Netflix. <laughs> Mix a bowl of popcorn. Make some scones. Yeah. Get some hot chocolate. <laughs> Get yourself a bag of, of uh, blueberries. Yes. <laughs> and literally have the time of your life. Because this movie is so funny. Honestly. <laughs> I want Eric Hicks to explain to me every single one of his acting choices. Yes. <laughs> scene by scene. <laughs> oh, man. I love it so much. Um, well, that is our show. So we hope you enjoyed this episode of Meet Cute and Mistletoe. And we also hope you enjoyed Christmas Wedding Planner. Oh, yeah. Please subscribe, write a review, share with your friends, and connect with us on social. And we look forward to connecting to watch our next great movie. Yes. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Subscribe to Meet Cute and Mistletoe wherever you get your podcasts. Write a review, share with your friends, check out our website at meetcuteandmistletoe.com to get the episode recipes and more. And connect with us on social at mcmistletoepod on Twitter and Meet Cute and Mistletoe on all other platforms. Meet Cute and Mistletoe is produced by Kelly Ray and Lindsay Hathaway. Music and audio by Grendel. Artwork by Renee Granillo.